Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is the 18th of October, 2022. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. And my name is Nadine Blaney. And my name is Kyle Rotter. How are you doing, Kyle? Yeah, good. It was a busy day. I'm feeling much more awake just to start with, so that always helps. But um, plenty to keep me awake, of course. Ooh. And, uh, you know, plenty of airtime and plenty of good conversations. So... Highly stimulated and excited about the, the day market. Well, the market uh, itself was pretty excited. Our investors mm-hmm. were at least, you could say the least, finishing the day up 1.7%. 6,779 for the S&P ASX 200. Why? Well, look to the UK, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah, exactly. A nice little backflip there in that policy as well as, well, what is it now? A backflip of a backflip for the... Bank of yeah, England, who I is now so. <laughs> kind of keeping to, to um, supporting the gilt market with, I guess you'd say QE that's not QE, and that you know is subject to debate to debate to debate. But nevertheless, let um, me interpret that for you all. The yes. FT came out with a report <laughs> late in the day <laughs> saying that the BOE will further delay its quantitative tightening program until mm. markets gilt markets calm down. We did see a bit more buying. In the wake of that, but I think what you were trying to say is after that U-turn in terms of policy from the government there, we saw mm, this, yeah. W- yeah, I guess you could call it a relief rally, really well, emanating for Europe and continued in Asia today. Well, this is the wild thing. I think you know, what I was trying to say was that we had a backflip from the from the fiscal side, but we've had a backflip of a backflip of a backflip from the <laughs> central bank side, which is where we're going to do QT, and then they stopped doing QT, and then they were going to stop doing Q, uh, start doing QT again, and then they're not going to do QT anymore. And now we're just in the situation where the markets go, huh? Yeah, well, they're liking it for now. But it brings me to the question I raised with you last week when we heard about the one of those flip turns you just described, <laughs> like credibility, central bank credibility. Yeah, it's um, tarnished, to say the least. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's interesting, actually, because we have had the, we had the RBA minister today. We had yep. a few things that um, are, are RBA-related. Interestingly enough, I mean, for all the criticism that we do have the RBA and they, they tarnish their own credibility at different stages, there's a lot of trust still in our central bank that it's doing a better job than its global counterparts. Uh, there's a sense that the Fed's going to hike until or, or tight until it breaks something. There's a sense that the Bank of England's already broken something. The ECB and the Bank of Japan are just basket cases have been for a very long time. Uh, credibility, uh, I've never heard of it. Yeah, well... I thought that the RBA minutes were interesting today. I had a chat with Sean Callow from Westpac mm. toward the end of the session, and you know he agreed. He pointed out, you know, the fact that there's more meetings for the RBA than with many other global central banks, particularly in our peer group, and so that has given the RBA, you know, they've expressed that they perhaps don't have to move as aggressively as frequently because, of course, they meet more frequently. Um, the other thing is the RBA sort of explicitly acknowledging the fact that 
it's a blunt instrument, monetary policy, and that we haven't felt the impact of that in the mortgage markets in particular. Um, and then it all gets down to these inflation expectations and the RBA essentially saying that taking a longer period of time to lift rates would allow the message to sink in with Aussies, with us, you yeah. know? A yeah. And I'm so... paying attention. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we got... I don't know, um, detail in the minutes as to the thinking. It sounds like it was very finely balanced. The RBA said that it, it was, was very finely balanced. Yeah, yep. um, and then we had Michelle Bullock speaking as well. And again, reiterating, do not, um, you know, don't interpret this that interest rates aren't going to continue to rise. Mm. It's just there's a bit of nuance in that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I, I guess it didn't shift markets particularly much, but mm -hmm. I think this kind of whole notion of a of a slowdown in the the pace of rate hikes is you know clear as crystal now we had I had David Flanagan on today at the uh, at the end of the day discussing the the dynamic he thinks 25 in November um, and the markets are actually ca cash rate futures are still pointing to a 4% cash rate but uh, the folks Martin Crab um, Paul Bloxham David Flanagan all three who I spoke to today think that's bit of a, a bit of a pipe dream maybe a quirk of financial market pricing we're kind of maybe going to slowly get to sort of maybe a bit over 3% three and a bit and then they want to just kind of keep things there and, 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 and that's probably the peak of the cycle. But um, again, I think the RBA would be much happier in the position that they are in currently than other global central banks. And they to, 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 to go to your point before, is that they're, I think, really trying to do a s they're trying to sell now the job that they've already done. And I think the chart that they provided, which was about the pace of their hikes and that, you know, guys, we're actually really aggressive. Yeah. We meet every month. We did, um, and this is again, sort of quoting David Flanagan, um, we meet every month. Okay, yeah, we did just a few 50s and 75s. The Fed um, did some 75 and 100s, but they only meet every six weeks. Mm -hmm. So when you do the maths, we're moving at the same pace, if not quicker. Mm -hmm. um, we're doing a good job. Uh, we're keeping an eye on things to balance, you know, we're, we're trying to keep the economy on an even keel. You know, keep calm, carry on. Yeah, so let's see. Let's see if it works, because I've always thought from the beginning that there is like a certain amount of um, talking down of the economy that the RBA is happy to do to keep yeah. that even keel, you know, mm -hmm. that they've referenced before. So good quoting them. All right. Shall we move on to equities? I will yes. tell you what moved the market today in terms of percentage terms. So Novanix was up Hub 24 up by about 15 percent. That is after a first quarter trading update coming through. Uh, Telix Pharmaceuticals again up. We had Square or Block, I should say, and uh, Lake Resources as well. I had a good chat about lithium with Luke Lairdiv. It's available via the show notes. I'm not going to give it all away, but he did talk about what some of these cashed up lithium plays might potentially do with some of that, that cash. <laughs> and uh, that, um, that put some other sort of smaller companies in play, which he sees as being a really good value. So that's something worthwhile to listen to in the show notes. Kyle, the flip side of that, as you would know well, after reporting on the quarterly update, St. Barbara was down by close to 22% ad bra extending the selling from yesterday after the broker's weigh in, revision to its guidance and the CEO stepping down. I don't know about you, but I feel like if there's any disappointment with these AGMs and trading updates that come through that or the quarterlies, you know, as well, mm just really, really severe reactions. Like that that 22% sell-off from St. Barbara. Costa Group yesterday comes to mind. Like that's that's investors saying, nah, I'm out. Yeah, without a doubt. And you know what was really curious to me as well was that Santa Barbara was moving on not much news for a few days. And it's down 26% in the past five days. It's down 35% in the, in the past month. Of course, a lion's share of that being the 20% the drop we saw today. 
you got to wonder if there was a you know some folks just sort of offloading it in advance, perhaps uh, with any kind of potential uh, either inside information or, or knowledge of the situation that were like, we want to get out of this thing because it got belted today, and is it like it's it's consistently coming up on that kind of um, laggards list that we like to show up on a on a daily basis. So mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely thumped. But um, yeah, um, yeah, we ha- we've had a few companies actually being sort of rewarded out of the AGM season. This one has clearly, um, well just being belted yeah well we we love getting positive updates reaffirmation of guidance which is what we got from cochlear today cochlear shares and it's you know got quite a chunky market weighting up by close to three percent treasury wine estates up by two two and a quarter percent after updating the market as well at its uh, agm like think of uh, i forget which guest yesterday said that this agm season is like a mini reporting season this time mm. around because we want to get the details coming from companies about the outlook um, you know, about how things are traveling. Um, you know, Hub24, great example, you know, did really well today, as I mm. mentioned. Um, you know, it's coming out with its quarterly up 15%. Like, that's that's pretty chunky coming through. Yeah. I had a good chat as well with, it's not in the show notes, but you'll have to go to the website, osbiz.com.au, with um, Luke Walker from A Rich Life. So he he ran the ruler over three quarterlies coming from smaller companies. Yep. It was Enviro Suite, it was Drop Suite, and it was XRF Scientific. I've <laughs> got to get the scientific in there. Um, and yeah, it was. It, I thought it was a good chat because many of these small cap investors mm-hmm. have been telling me that they are going to be reading these quarterlies. You know, even companies they're not invested in, they're just going to be running the ruler over them, just trying to garner as much information as possible as to how these companies might travel through any difficult economic times because, you know, those companies, they can really get belted when, you know, economies slow and recession hits. But to that point, um, you know, oftentimes they outperform on days like today too. I think that's why I love the small cap so much. Um, today we saw the small awards index up by close to 3%, the emerging companies index up by 2%. So yeah, interesting times out there. Yeah, it is. And we did uh, actually sp- springs to mind the, the thought that I had this morning that the, the Russell outperformed the broader um, broader Wall Street too. So mm-hmm. there's a bit of exposure to sort of those kind of more growth sensitive, risky, risky names. And again, you know, we've gotten used to these sorts of moves where, um, you know, the Normally, the narrative will pin it down to short squeezes or technical levels, or you know, just bear market rallies or whatever. But you know, there's there's certainly um, that that move into much riskier areas of the market once again, um, or at least to, to start the week. So, Tyro, we were talking about it this time yesterday. Today, as expected, we had Tyro coming out confirming that it's in talks with multiple parties, mm. or or that it had. Sorry, it's not in talks. It's had approaches for multiple parties. It's running the ruler over a number. We have Westpac confirming that it is looking to buy the entirety of the business. It wants Tyro. It says that it will strengthen its small business offering. But is Tyro a buy? Is that enough to make Tyro a buy? Its share price has been belted as of late. Um, So, yeah, let's listen in to what our expert guests had to say. I think it's worth buying. So it's a buy for me right now. But bear in mind, it's not a takeover arbitrage play. If the shares fall, and they may, if the bidders walk away, I still think it represents really good value. I agree with Scott. Uh, don't don't play this on a takeover play. Only right. buy if you think it's the longer term. I, I do see some sympathy for the view that if we keep increasing interest rates, any energy prices going the way they're going, the fuel the fuel uh, rebate has come <coughs> off. The consumer may weaken eventually. In fact, and our expert guests, Kyle, say 
don't buy it now. Don't buy it for that takeover arbitrage. You know, mm. some people think, oh, well, there's a takeover offer on the table, might come in higher. Yeah. I think the consensus was there's just potentially a long way to go. Like, no deal has been done yet. Right. So too it was not a buy. Too, too risky. In a nutshell, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you'll have to go and listen to the entire call episode to hear. I don't want to put words in their mouths. No, you know me. Not, not want to do <laughs> that. No, not at all. Um, so, yeah, there you go. You can listen to the call, also available via the show notes. Kyle? Yes. Tonight. Uh, okay, so, yeah, the UK will pull focus. Obviously, whatever treasuries do, what happens in the US. Um, particularly when it comes to earnings season. We've got some heavy hitters out. We have Netflix and Tesla. Yeah, exactly. Can't wait for that Tesla. And uh, there was uh, you know, some scuttlebutt on uh, on Twitter today about whether Elon would make an appearance to the uh, to the to the call, the earnings call, and he's confirmed that he'll be there. And we'll see what he has to say because um, you know clearly it's multi-layered at the moment as to what what's going on with with that company. There's the there's the growth story. There's the supply chain elements to things. You know, we had those delivery numbers that came out uh, three or four weeks ago, and you know, the company, of course, said, oh, you know, we've got supply chain bottlenecks and all these different issues. But there's kind of maybe the concern that maybe demand's waning there a little bit for the for the space. So it'll be really interesting to see if that shows up as well. Um, and then just the, the market barometer and the, the Twitter saga too. So that'll be interesting. Uh, Netflix, another one, Cons- a, a discretionary story. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, I think, um, really, I guess if you can call it this, sounds like a really you know, terrible use of the metaphor, um, canary in the coal mine, a big canary in the coal mine has, the, has been these um, uh, streaming providers that... I don't know if you've done it as well, but one of the first things that you do um, when you're like when you're trying to sort of tie so tighten your purse strings is go, okay, is it Netflix or Prime or Stan? Which one of you goes first? And you, you sort of pick and shoot which one you cut. And I want to see if uh, if there's any reflection of that kind of more discretionary spending cut back in uh, in Netflix results. Well, I've already told you that I cancelled my gym. It wasn't entirely, <laughs> if I'm honest, all to do with cost. It could have had to do with the 5 a.m. starts. I don't know. You're a busy like woman. Um, I can't cancel... I've actually had this. I cannot cancel Stan because Yellowstone's going to be out soon, so okay. I don't have to. Re- yeah. yeah, and I can't cancel Apple Plus because Ted Lasso is going to be back soon. See, this there is the go. problem: is that I yeah. get hooked into shows and then I forget to cancel. But That's um, you, what might I remind you all out there that Ozbiz, your streaming service about business, markets, finance, startups, is free. Absolutely. You just subscribe. And you can watch as much as you like for exactly. free. You don't Ideas, replace all <laughs> of that viewing time that would have gone to that costly Netflix yeah. and, and just do Oz Business Dead, mm-hmm. problem solved. I wonder how many people out there still have Foxtel. That's an interesting one. Do I okay. have Foxtel? Um, do you still have Foxtel? I do. Do you? But I'm a, I'm no. a bit of a junkie. No, I, yeah. I, I don't. It's I don't. I was. Fli- I think I said this to you the other day. Actually, no, I was saying it to another guest where I'm feeling like the streaming surfaces are becoming about like my experience with Foxtel where you just like, you spend most of the... The time you spend on it is just flicking through all the things that you'll know you'll n- have no e- interest in ever watching. Yeah. And, and the stuff you're like, well, do I just watch this again? I just end up watching the, that, that Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, just every so often on repeat, basically. Yeah, well, I've been watching a lot of um, documentaries on um, on rap. I think the most recent one that I was what watching rap music? was... Yeah. Um, just forgot his name. Puff Daddy. Oh, really? good, actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's a bit I of nostalgia for you. Yeah, <laughs> Anyhow, um, that Chinese data today was a big cancellation. So, yeah, Sean Callow again on Name Drop saying, yeah, you can only think that it wouldn't have been the best data or they would have been really <laughs> happy to release it today, even though the MPC is going on. Tonight, we get industrial production and we get the NAHB housing market index. Anything else come to mind? Um, no, really it's for me just the, the big corporate um, corporate numbers. And I suppose now that we've got this situation with the Bank of England, you know, the Financial yeah. Times is kind of, it, it's more of a headline and uh, not a leak, but a whisper, I guess. 
So we're just going to be interpreting the results of that now. And we're there was actually a really good chart that Mark Gardner uploaded the other day. I put it on the um, an episode of the trade that we've never seen on Wall Street um, this level of short interest across the market. Mm. I'll have to reproduce that just to confirm. But um, if that's the case, that means that we are still liable to some big upside moves, even if it means that the bear market isn't over and we are very stretched to the downside. Yeah, good so one. We'll Let's see. leave it there, shall we? Well, I've got to go to a class, so let's do it. <laughs> He's still paying for that boxing. <laughs> you know there's <laughs> a any pace. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye.